is a bonus episode of Legendary Adventures Podcast. I am Paul, and I'm joined again by my wife, Mandy. Hey, guys. And we're going to talk a little bit about Tears of the Kingdom now that we're both further into it. We both have completed <laughs> the Wind Temple and other stuff. Well, so... let's be honest here. You've completed the Wind Temple twice. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But we're going to talk about that. Let's talk first. I had made it to the surface last time we talked. You had not. So yes. you're on the surface now. You've been exploring. Yes. What are your thoughts about the surface? Well, Let's keep it strictly surface. We'll go to the depths in a bit. Okay. The surface. I mean, like like you said, it's a lot like Breath of the Wild. Climb cliffs. You get to do a different exploring things. You get your paraglider from Pura. Pura? That's how I say it. Um, so you get that from her, and I, I feel like it's very, you know, I mean, the the graphics are better than Breath of the Wild. You loaded up Breath of the Wild the other day, and we're playing a little bit, and I was like, oh, yeah, it is a little brighter, a little sharper, a little, you know, it's a little better. But so far, the surface seems familiar. I keep climbing all the big trees, thinking I'm going to find Korok seeds, because that's where I always found Korok seeds last time. Yeah. I found All one in a tree, trees. I think. One or two in a tree. But most of the time. There are some that are kind of familiar. Some not so much. They're so, really trying to change that up. As someone who really only played through Breath of the Wild once, right? We, we spent a good chunk of time I played through Breath of the Wild it. once. And then they released the bonus thing that we bought. Where yeah, it would DLC, help you yeah. find the Korok seeds. So I, I started doing that. And then, you know, children. <laughs> which... <laughs> Still is part of our problem with Tears of the Kingdom. Every time we load it up, one of the kids is like, Hey, can I have a turn? Is it my turn right now? Now it's my turn, right? And that's about their length of time that they wait. They want to play, yeah. So I was just, I was trying to ask. Yeah. As someone who's really only played through Breath of the Wild the one time, Mm -hmm. are these places familiar to you or does this feel pretty new? The stables are familiar. Like, when I walk to a stable, I'm like, oh, this feels familiar. But it's such an expansive game, and Breath of the Wild was as well, that there were only a few stables that I could really be like, oh, yeah, I spent all this time by that stable with the creek that kind of went by, and the horses were there, and there were always moblins over there in the trees. and Like, that one I can remember, but I haven't found that one yet here, I don't think. (laughs) Or it's completely changed, what's it called, the layout, the... There landscape are, has changed. There are maybe. some changes to, to the landscape. So, you know, there are some areas that I've come across where it's like, yes, I obviously remember this and this seems mm-hmm. largely the way it was. But there are also some that are fairly dramatic in terms of how they were changed. Okay. And so, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Yeah. It's It feels fresh. And I think the movement through the world also helps it to be fresh because of the way Link's abilities are in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You move through the area differently, right? Like you come to a river and you can't just swim across and or... form blocks of ice and climb across. Or you, you have to build a raft or you have yeah, to build find another way around. Or you do have something to... like that. It changes the way you move and the way you're thinking about moving through the space, which I think does go a long way to helping keeping the surface fresh and interesting. Fresh. So, and then there's all the caves around so on the surface. So many caves. I found, I found something you didn't find yet, so. You did find something I that found I found. I found a ton of caves. I got led to a bunch of caves by Harry Potter's Patronus. Yeah, so. 
explain a little more about what you're talking um, about. So after I went and Paul um, helped me defeat the uh, bad guys, I have, what would you call it, like enemy throw the remote syndrome? I press plus and throw the remote. Um, our girls have started doing it too, so I'm sure you really enjoy that. Gives you extra time to play, right? Uh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> you get to kind of play through twice, but coming down from Rito, I was like, okay, well, you know, you got to go to the top of Rito, right? You know, there's going to be something on the top. And of course, there was a Korok seed, and then I was looking around trying to decide where to go next because I'm not very good at listening to people <laughs> when they talk. I just press. A or B to get through it. You know, usually B because I don't want to have to accidentally talk to them again. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to be going at the moment. So I just was looking around and I noticed, I don't know, north-ish. I get very turned around. But I noticed that there was this kind of like blossoming cherry tree one direction. And so that's where I flew. And there was a, what's, what's her name? What kind of society? Not Gordon, not Rito. Oh, Gerudo. Gerudo, thank you. The Gerudo woman was sitting there and trying to flirt with you. And so and she mentioned something about, oh, this animal likes fruit. I was like, oh, okay. And at the base of the tree, there's this little bowl. So I put an apple in it. And all of a sudden, this glowing blue stag appeared like i said it reminded me of harry potter's patronus and kind of looked at you and then it like panned out and all of a sudden these like little glowing like lights lit up the sky like just like beacons mm -hmm. i guess beacons of light yeah. beacons of light lit up the sky mm -hmm. and i went and followed them and i got to the first one and i didn't know what was there i found a Korok there. So I was like, oh, maybe it leads you to Korok seeds. Cool. But it also like been like, discovery cave. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I went to the next one because I wasn't thinking about, oh, there's a cave here or something. And sure enough, the next one was another cave. And I wandered around inside that one for a bit. And I came out and it was still glowing. And I went to another one and it was another cave. And then it stopped glowing. And so I had to go back and feed it some more fruit. <laughs> so I could find some more caves. I don't know. I like to wander so you in the cave. Found the Lord of the Mountain. Sure. Which I don't know if you recall that from Breath of the Wild. It, it was in Breath I, of the Wild. I briefly do. I just don't like. I can remember that stag, but that's about it. So in Breath of the Wild, it was limited to a place called Satori Mountain, okay. uh, which I think was fairly close to the Great Plateau. And you would go there and you could see it and it was under a cherry tree and it would just, it would only be there sometimes like if you saw yeah. light coming off the mountain then you knew to go there because the Lord of the Mountain was there. Was there. Was going to be there. Whatever. And you could hop on the Lord of the Mountain just as you would with a, a horse, horse. Or and, a yeah, deer. Ride it, but you couldn't keep it and you know, it was just kind of like an interesting little thing. But no, egg. this time it leads you places. It leads you to the caves. So that's pretty cool. Which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's a cool thing that you, I haven't found that. Yeah, well, because it's so expansive. Our girls keep being like, oh, are you ahead of dad then? He hasn't seen this. And it's like, there's not really an ahead of. Like, we went different paths. I mean, you've probably played longer now than I have for a little bit there. I think that's I had true. played longer. But, so you've seen some other things. Our children, though, like to be like, oh, dad hasn't found this. You're behind dad. Like. It's true. But I, I probably contributed to that because I was behind you for a little bit. For a little bit. You, you were further along in the story quest than I was. We but just for a little bit. Roughly because... the same point in the story quest. I, uh... But the main reason I was ahead of you also 
was because you had to brute force your way through a shrine. You spent a while it, on it, that shrine. It was a lot of fun to do. I had a lot of fun. I know that. you did. So let's talk a little bit about the depths now. Yeah. So there's uh, these chasms uh-huh. around Hyrule, places where gloom spills out big yep. holes. Then you can dive down and go even further mm-hmm. to an underground area. And it's completely dark down there. Yes. How do you feel about the depths? Well, um, I didn't realize the depths were there at first. Because like I said, I'm not very good at listening to people. I thought Ganon hands were going to pop out at me. Bloom hands, Ganon hands. We mm-hmm. usually call them Ganon hands. Good name. You know. So I was avoiding those things like the plague. And then all of a sudden you like dove into one while I was here. And I was like, what are you doing? You're going to die. Like, what are you doing? Like, is this the way you defeat Ganon hands? And then, no, I had no idea that there was a whole nother thing underneath. Yeah, so, I mean, you had to talk to Joshua and Robbie at Yeah, Lookout and I Landing. skipped that part because, like And if like you I hadn't said, really done that, then you weren't really guided there. But they do guide you to go into there. And find Robbie and go, down there. Yeah. Um, but you went down there. You went down a different chasm before you went to find Robbie, right? I went down the same one. But before you talked to him or something? I don't know. Yeah, it seemed before, like you went before down and then you came there. up and then you went down. There, there had been some talk about the chasms and going down the chasms and stuff okay. like that. Some characters had mentioned it. And so you so were when aware I did the first it. Skyview Tower, I did glide over to a chasm and dive down on the same one that Robbie ends up going down. And I... Poked around for a little bit. It's, you know, completely dark down there. You have to use the bright bloom scenes to see. And it's got... Shoot them on arrows or throw them if you really prefer that way. Yeah, I I prefer the arrows. I feel like they go further. further. And I feel like that extra distance is helpful. But, you know, you get down there and it's dark and there's weird trees and ferns. And and some weird things glowing. You got the pose... You've got the pose, the little blue like, spirits. So there's just, and then you see like you red outlines up, here or and there. and So it's kind of creepy are, when you first get down there if you don't have any light. And there are ghost soldiers, just black silhouettes holding a weapon. And if you take the weapon, they vanish. But otherwise, they just stand there. And it's a little creepy to yeah. see them at first. Well, But I, you, you're trying to find these light roots down there, which mm-hmm. brighten up the area and make it so that you can't see. So when I first went down there, I found one of them. And then I went back to the surface, and I went and talked to Robbie, and he said, hey, I'm going down there. So I followed him back down there yeah. as part of the quest. And I went back down there Yeah, you later. spent a I've, lot of time down there. I've spent some time in the depths. I found something down there that I'm not going to name specifically, just in case people want to be surprised. <laughs> but there's stuff to find there that's interesting. You know, I fought some bosses down there. Mm-hmm. And I've done a fairly okay bit of exploring of the depths. And I, the pose play in, there are these statues, bargainer statues. There's one mm-hmm. at Lookout Landing, and there's more down in the depths that you can go to, and you can give them pose, basically, of money to buy stuff from them. Yeah. For me, the creepier part of the, not just that it's in darkness, but that it's quiet. There's no music. Like, when you're just playing, wherever you are, there's a little, just little background music, nice and quiet. Not so there. It's just silent. And I think that's what, like, put me on edge. I was like, it's quiet. That means something bad is coming. Yeah. And there's a lot of gloom around there, which Mm -hmm. if you're in it too long, the Link's hearts break and you can't refill them even if you eat. And then the enemies are all covered in gloom. So if they hit you, then they'll break hearts. Uh, At least that's not permanent. We're glad about that. Yes, you can fix your broken hearts by right. going to a low light route, or there's Just also... Coming to the surface, right? Coming to the surface, and there's also certain foods you can cook that will yeah, you can repair a broken heart. So, that's interesting, yeah. I oh. just didn't realize how, like, 
I figured it'd be bigger than Breath of the Wild, just based off what you had been telling me throughout this whole, you know, like, leading up. Like, obviously, you had the Sky Islands, but I didn't realize it would be, like, almost, you know, triple the size. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's two it's and a half expensive. to three times the size. Like, it's really big, because you've, you've got you the whole under. You factor in the, the Sky Islands, the, the caves, over. and then the depths on top of it all. It is, it is easily two and a half to three times the size. Of yeah, the it's big. I, I, You know, there's so much more to explore, which can sometimes be a little overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do I go next? And like I said, I'm not good at listening. I have no idea where I'm supposed to I go mean, next. But you are part of the fun of trying it, to decide explore. whether or not you should follow where they want you to go next. Someone's they, been like, oh, know. go here, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm heading there. Yeah, they, they kind of hint toward it. They don't say specifically, oh, you should definitely go here next. But they, they hint towards it. And the, there was some hinting also in Breath of the Wild. Like, if you pay attention to Breath of the Wild, there is kind There's of an some hints order. And, yeah. That they are hinting you towards. Pushing but you towards. you don't yeah. have to follow it, obviously. And you can just run off and explore. And that's fine. That's a perfectly valid way to yeah. play. So let's talk now about going to the Rito Quest. And let's talk about the Wind Temple. Okay. So you head over to Rito. It's all covered in, in snow, snow. And you have to go. Find all and your uh, you find cold Tulin, weather. You want to get your, your cold weather clothes before you, you head You definitely there. want some cold weather clothes. And, and a lot of spicy food. A lot of spicy food, yes. I, I went with food. just pants that... Kept me fine when I was relatively close to the surface, but you get high enough up and it gets even too even cold. Even I had found a tunic. I, I thought it was a cold weather tunic. I don't know. It was turning people to ice and stuff, so I'm not really sure what it was doing. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was giving you extra <laughs> cold, cold protection or if it was just, just an ice power. But, yeah, but I had that and I still had to stock up pretty heavily on my... Yeah, so you go there and you're going to go to the first dungeon of the game. That they, they hint you heavily towards this being the first dungeon. Like you hit the surface and immediately people were talking about Rito. Yeah, going to the You've Rito. You've got the Rito reporter. Crazy cold going on there, and everyone who has a newspaper talks about it. And it's heavily hinted that this is where, where you, you should, should start. be going. So we both wound up heading that way. And when you get there, you meet Tulin, who is Taba's son, and Taba was your helper to get into the Va Meadow Divine yep. Beast in Breath of the Wild. Now you're with his son. Tell me a little bit about how you felt about Tulin. Tulin's a little bit of a cocky teenager. <laughs> a little bit, I got yeah. this. Hey, I got this. I'm going to go off on my own. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, he is He's a little bit. He's got that I mean, little yeah, cocky I, teenager I, I, I can go fly into that storm and solve all our problems, no problem. Yeah, all by myself. All by myself. I don't need anyone's help. Yeah, he needs help. But, um, yeah, I mean, his uh, ability is nice. It's definitely handy to have. Um, oh, I took me a little bit to get used to it. Like it was, I don't know. I know you usually started him out and then jumped. And usually if I need to get somewhere right away, like straight across and it's short. We're we're talking about, he's got an ability to send a gust of wind straight forward. Whichever so, way you're, whichever way you're pointing, whichever way you're facing, he'll send a gust of wind just straight, straight forward, forward, horizontally, push in that you direction. through that direction a little bit. Okay, not super far, but enough. And so um, that took me some finagling. I still prefer to have him gust once I'm in the air versus him starting. I always feel like, oh no, I'm wasting my time. I gotta get the jump, and then I like muddle it up a little bit, but. <laughs> I mean, that works, yeah. yeah. I, I always had him send the gust, and then I jumped and opened up the paraglider. Yeah. But I'm sure you could do it in the air, and it would probably work better than the way I do it. No, most of the time it works better to probably have him gust first, but it's whatever. Whatever makes you happy, I guess. But 
So you're paired up with him, and yeah, he follows you along, and he gives you this gust ability. This is kind of filling the role, you know, in terms of people thinking of Zelda games. This is somewhat like some of the abilities or tools you might pick up in another Zelda game, but it's also filling a same role that the champion abilities had yeah. in Breath of the Wild. Any of those champion abilities, basically. Yeah, because you, you'll... Spoilers, but you get that ability <laughs> permanently following the dungeon. Yeah, I mean, he was good. I, I appreciated him. Kind of like, he has your back, which is really nice. Because you help him get his bow back when an, I don't know, flying or arrow doctor, not, I don't know what it's arrow called. Arrow Kuda. Yeah. Arrow Kuda steals it. So you help him get his bow back, and then he basically, if anything's coming at you or trying to fight you, he'll help you fight, which is kind of nice to have that, like... There's been at least once or twice where it's like, I'm fighting three bad guys and one kind of comes up behind me and he shoots them before they have a chance. You know, and his doesn't do huge amounts of damage, but it's enough to like knock them over so I can turn around and have a minute to catch up. Yeah, it was definitely helpful to have it in terms of the, the fighting. And you had to, so after you recruited him, you had to go through a series of sky islands up mm-hmm. to the top of a giant and there were cyclone storm. many constructs along the way constructs and some aracudas and i think some keys along the way i think there were a few and you had to bounce on these ships there were these flying ships with horizontal sails or canopies over the top that you would jump on and then they would bounce and then they would bounce you yeah yeah i thought that was fun what did you think i mostly thought it was fun there were a couple spots where I was like, I don't know where I'm going next, and I'm already bouncing. And, you know, especially when they were, like, the moving ships, it was like, ah, don't leave me. But mostly those were fun. Gave you a good height, gave you a good... Gave you a good, yeah. You got good height, and you could glide a long you distance. Got started. And, yeah, they started stationary, and then they started throwing some... Moving. That you had to uh, reveal there'd be a sheet of ice or something over them. And then they started moving, and then... Just various... The final ones were you just... We're just going from ship to ship to get up over the, the top, of the, the top of the storm in order to yeah. dive down into it. It was fun. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's cool. So, and then we go to the Wind Temple inside the storm, which is another flying ship. Yeah, a big one though. The Ark, they call it. Yes, the There's Stormwind Ark. There's not two of an, every animal on it. No, this is not Noah's Ark. It is the Stormwind Ark. <laughs> Which they do tell a story about there being some, some ancient giant upheaval, some, some trouble the where they're having, and, and there was a god who was trapped on the earth, and the Rito helped him return to the sky, and then yeah, uh, the ship was somehow presented at following yeah. that and then yeah. disappeared and three little birds here. sing a song to you yeah there's a song that's said to you and it's just kind of like a myth like people don't really believe it based off what they're saying but it's it's as common but they're like maybe story. if i sing it it'll make the storm stop maybe something will happen yeah. yeah you get to that and this is the first dungeon of the game how did you feel <laughs> about it it wasn't terrible other than like i said i don't <laughs> listen very well and so I had watched Paul play through some of his, but not paid close attention. Like, I'd, you know, I'd seen him move some switches, and I was like, oh, we just got to move these switches. Okay, I can find five switches to move. So I started moving switches and killing uh, constructs and things. And I'm like, I don't, where am I supposed to go next, Paul? And he's like, well, have you turned on any of the wind things? And I was like, what? <laughs> so um, that was my biggest problem. 
is sometimes I just, I haven't, I don't know. And I think this was the same with Breath of the Wild. The first dungeon, I hadn't played enough of a Zelda game to be like, oh, I got the feel of this. I know where I'm supposed to maybe go and how to figure this out. And I was just like, I'm worried I'm going to like run out of food. So here, honey, go for it. <laughs> I did wind up playing through a big chunk of it for you. So the dungeon is structured similarly to the Divine Beasts in Breath of the Wild, in that in past Zelda games prior to Breath of the Wild, like you didn't really have a set structure for a dungeon, other than at some point starting with Link's Awakening and then mm -hmm. pretty much on through the rest of the series up until Breath of the Wild, you were within a dungeon going to have to find a big key that would open a door to the boss room mm -hmm. and you had to find a tool or an item within the dungeon that you would use to complete the dungeon and mm -hmm. would likely use to defeat the boss. Otherwise, the dungeons could be completely different, have completely different themes, completely different gimmicks mm -hmm. within them, and Breath of the Wild took a much more standardized approach yeah. with the Divine Beasts. Each Divine Beast had some different mechanics to it mm -hmm. and had some unique theming to them, but the goals were much more similar it seemed and the structure was much more similar so when yeah. you got to a divine beast there was some mechanical thing that you had to kind of take care of or turn on you points. had to turn on five that panels. was the point when you got to a yeah. divine beast the disembodied voice of the champion the pilot mm -hmm. would come and say hey you need to find a map and the camera would fly through it and show you exactly where the map is and mm -hmm. say that's your first thing that you need to do yeah and then you would go and you'd get the map and the map would mark all the points of the five panels on it. Yeah. And also would allow you, because the Divine Beasts were all these kind of puzzle boxes, boxes where you move yeah. parts around to advance through them. This was a little less puzzle-ish. A little less puzzle boxy, like you didn't yeah. move pieces of it. It was There's a still puzzle. plenty of puzzles. Yeah, it's a puzzle to find everything and maybe get to where you need to get everything. So, but, you know, you had to go and turn on these five panels and they really walked you through it pretty hard for every single one they did. Yeah, like, I would say this one felt much more... Find this more... map, now go turn on these panels, and each panel you turned on, they'd be like, great, now there yeah. are four, four panels up. Yeah. There's three panels, there's two, and yeah. on and on and on. And, and then you'd go and fight the boss, and the bosses were all, again, fairly different in ways, but seemed very similar to each other. Yeah, all... I felt like they were all... And then similar. this was similar to a Divine Beast, in that you were trying to find five, five switches to turn on and they were kind of wind turbines so you had to use two ones gust to, to actually those. turn them on which is why i say it behaves a little bit like the items abilities from past zelda games because you'd have to do that to complete dungeon but it was different in that you weren't manipulating the structure in the way you would with the divine beast yeah and you were just searching for the switches which it did pinpoint them for you it did like but the first thing you got was still a map but it wasn't like hey go get the map they, they it just you landed you did the examine and it was like okay here's your five points you're gonna have to go get they gave you the five points and tulin would still every single time you'd reach a point be like hey great now we only have four three left more. three more two yeah. more i personally felt and maybe this is just because like you're saying you're clicking through things but when I reached the first one of them, and I don't know if you had just not reached one or when you were turning switches or what. Yeah. But when I reached the first one, like I walked in and I was trying to kind of examine it to see yes. what it was do I hit it? and do I... get solved yeah. what I'm supposed to do with this. And Tulin like immediately chimed in and he's like, whoa, that looks kind of like a windmill. Which oh, was like, okay. oh, okay. Now I know exactly now I know what it. to do. I don't know. You I. Know, but... <laughs> 
I don't know what I was doing except that. But, you know, the divine beasts, while they were all different animals, they looked very much interchangeable. Because they all were made out of the same material and they all had the exact same enemies in them. Yeah. And you were just touching panels and you weren't doing anything special. It was just walk up this and press A Mm -hmm. and then move on to the next one and press A. Yeah. And this is a clearly distinct themed space. It's a boat in the sky sky. in a storm. All wind themed. It's cold. There was ice. There's some wind themed stuff. There was ice. And it wasn't just walk up and it was still kind of just walk up and press A. Press A. Because you just pressed A and Tulin did his gust. Tulin did his But you're doing a gust and it seems. Feels a little different. Feels a little different. I like. Put your pad down and. I liked the Wind Temple a lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the Divine Beasts, I'm okay with. Yeah. I'm not, like, in love with any one of them. I wouldn't put any one of them on, like, a list of being, like, a great dungeon. dungeon. for you. But this one, potentially, I could consider. Yeah. Like, it, it was fun. It was pretty solid. I liked the theming of it. I liked the music of it. It was, like, a variation on the Rito theme, which, you know, it's a Rito dungeon, and you're with a Rito and in that place. Yeah. And then the boss was a big, like, Wind Waker reference in that it was a giant kind of worm-like bug insectoid creature that they called Colgara, which was playing Mulgara, which was Wind Waker boss. I'm pretty sure the music had the Mulgara theme in it, but it also had the Rito theme in it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just something like that that for me was like, oh, this is awesome. I love this. Yeah. It, It was distinct from other bosses. Like, it wasn't like finding a boss just out on the overworld map. Mm-hmm. and fighting it like any other enemy or yeah. whatever, which the Breath of the Wild bosses felt a little bit like that. Like, mm-hmm. beat them the way you did any other enemy. This, you were flying, you had to dive through weak spots, you had to dodge stuff, and yeah. the whole thing was fought in the air, and it was very different from any other fight that I've had so had long. to do. I liked it a lot. Good, I'm glad. I mean, I am not a very skilled gamer, so you were like, oh, here's the boss, you want to give it a try? And I was like, no, you got this. <laughs> I was like, uh, up in the air? I'm not so great. I always push the B button or like, I don't know. I'm always pushing random buttons. I'm not very coordinated on video games. So we let you take that one. So you've done it twice now. Good job. I've done it twice. And I did better the second time when I was playing for you. And then afterwards you get to have Tulin with you always. Yes. And how do you feel about it? (laughs) Tulin. And I knew he was going to be there. Like I've watched Paul play this a little bit. And every time he kind of like will pop around or move around, like his little spirit is kind of greenish. And every time I want to stab him, every time, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a bad guy. He's going to try to take me out. And so I always am like, no, I'm going to stab it. And I'm like, oh, whoops, I guess. At least it doesn't hurt him. At least that. At least it doesn't hurt him. I haven't wasted any arrows on him yet, but I probably will at some point. Uh, and then... I don't know, sometimes when I was playing that through that dungeon and to get up to that dungeon, I felt like I was like, where are you, Tulin? Come on, I need you. Like, you had to, like, go get him to come with you or whatever every once in a while like, and then tell him you needed the Gus. But now, in his spirit form, he's just, like, always there. So sometimes he'll be going to pick up something and all of a sudden, like, a gust of wind hits and you're like, I, I wasn't... <sighs> what meaning for that time? <laughs> triggered a lot of... Gusts. <laughs> gusts of wind, purely unintentionally. He just is close enough, and I trigger a gust. 
Yeah, you know. And it is, it is I, it is. I get a little of the, is that an enemy <laughs> following me for like a split second? Because, you know. Especially in a cave. He, he He's like electric blue and he's got glowing white eyes. Yeah. And, well, and in a cave, as soon as you like start to climb, he like sucks in or something and kind of goes a little like whoop de you and disappears. And then as soon as you stop climbing and are like on solid ground, he like pops back up in your face and you're like, ah, it's a bad guy. I'm always waiting for the bad guys. The guys dropping from the caves. In the caves, I'm always ready to shoot and fight. <laughs> but would you say that you're you're having a good time? Yep. <laughs> I'm still playing, so I wouldn't be playing if I wasn't enjoying it at least a little bit. Well, good. I'm having a good time, too. I think this is a big improvement over Breath of the Wild. I mean, we'll see how I feel once I get... Through a few more. Through the whole, or more of the game, at least. Yeah. And where I would... Put it compared to I, other stuff, but I'm I'm a person like people know that I'm into Zelda game. They'll, yeah, they'll bring it up and they'll want to talk about Breath of the Wild, and I don't really say much because I don't want to be awkward with people and have because I I know I'm kind of in a minority situation here where people just loved Breath of the Wild and they think it's fantastic and wonderful and, and it's it wasn't the best selling favorite. Zelda game of all time and yeah and like. When people talk about the Nintendo Switch, they talk about Breath of the Wild and just how amazing it is. And it's not my favorite. I think it has a lot of issues. I think there's a lot of good about it. Yeah. But I, I think it has some issues. And I think Tears of the Kingdom has gone a long way to alleviating the issues that I had yeah. with Breath of the Wild. Can you describe one of those issues? The dungeons are one of those issues, right? Mm-hmm. The Divine Beasts, I feel like are kind of bland. They're too similar. The bosses yeah. are too similar. I mean, you've only done and the one dungeon I've so only far done the one, here, so maybe but it'll... But it is a distinct themed place. It was themed yeah. as Rito. It was a ship in a sky. It had Rito music playing. Like, if I go to Death Mountain or to the Gerudo Desert or to the Zora Domain, mm-hmm. I am not going to find something that has Rito music playing. And, yeah, and is in the I, sky. I doubt it will be a ship and... in the sky. <laughs> and, you know... Yeah. It's, I I feel pretty confident that it's going to be something different. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I yeah. like that it felt different. I like that this boss felt different from other stuff. I think Breath of the Wild has too few enemies in it, right? Okay. You had a selection of goblins. You had the lizard people, the Lizalfos. You had... Oh. Mm-hmm. The Octoroks and like there, you know, there were enemies. Yeah, there were, and you had the Cyclops people. But and it was the a small. Centaurs and the... it was a small selection of enemies, especially compared to other Zelda games. And you just came up upon these same enemies all the time, and they all felt very samey. And I got mm-hmm. really tired of the fights. I got bored of them. Okay. I just would avoid them because they weren't interesting to me. Yeah. Many. And Tears of the Kingdom has a lot more enemy variety. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got well, all the ones from, from Tears of the Kingdoms, but got you've added the... Horoblins, you've added the like likes, you've added the constructs, and the constructs have differences uh, between themselves, their, their yeah. themselves, and you've added the Arrow Kudas, and I found a really big bad guy, and I just transported away from it. The, I was like, I new... don't like. There was some kind of three-headed dragon thing coming at me, and and it was like, ooh, you found this, but I was like, nope, bye. <laughs> There, there are new bosses yeah. out on the overworld, and I, I found a new boss in, in the in the depths. Mm-hmm. And, like, there there's a wider variety of enemies, and I don't feel like I'm just encountering the same old enemies I mean, all over the time. Over and over and over okay. again. And 
especially with like fuse, I feel like the way I'm fighting is different. Yeah, you mentioned and last. And I'm engaging with it more. You and mentioned that in Breath of the Wild, you didn't like the spears. You hated the spears. You're like, oh no, I want a sword. I never wanted to use. I wanted to use a sword. But I preferred here, a, a one-handed sword. But here, I love spears. Spears are the and best. I, I, oh. if I have a spear, I'm going to use it. I'm going to um, fuse it with something. I'll be happy to have a sword, but I would spear is kind of my go-to now. Yeah, and, I don't have enough spears. Is my problem right now? I'm yeah, like, I need more spears. You know, and and I want to keep other things, but you know, the the but, fuse yeah. changes things up. And fusing arrows especially changes things up. And I'm constantly getting in there and fusing stuff to arrows and trying to like the, approach things in a different way. And if I die, which does happen, then I, I <laughs> no, just I change up my strategy in a way that is significantly different based off of what I'm fusing to arrows or mm-hmm. what weapons I'm using, which was not the case in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And with Breath of the Wild, with the way your weapons broke and stuff like that, like I understood why they did it, but I feel like my weapons are not breaking as frequently in Tears of the Kingdom. I think I, I could ramble on and on and on. Like there's a bunch of things. <laughs> I about... like that. I haven't used it yet, but I like that there are sticky lizards and clothing that'll make you stick better. I'm not sure how it'll work yet. Like, will it let me climb in the rain or will it let me climb the icy, non-climbable? So the, the clothes slopes? is what it seems to be. Right? The clothes mm-hmm. are part of a side quest yeah. involving the newspaper, and that's your reward for completing it. Completing it. it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure the clothes said that this will let you climb icy surfaces and in the rain, which mm-hmm. I'm happy about. That's another thing that really bothered oh, me about Breath I hated of the Wild, when it would start to rain. Is and getting stuck like, in oh. the rain and not being able to climb, because that was a big part of how you Well, traversed. and then you would just sit there. You would just sit there and, like, try to wait out the rain and, like, look at the little weather schedule and be like okay is it gonna clear up is it gonna clear up because you know you didn't want to have to if, especially if you were halfway up a mountain yeah you didn't want to have to go you, down again you could get stuck and i've not been in a position where i felt like oh, i am I'm stuck. stuck yeah i can't you know usually there's some way to do it and i can uh, a lot of the times i've been able to ascend and that's wonderful mm-hmm. changes the again just the the abilities in this game change the way you move so and get much, through the yeah. world so much that it doesn't feel the same. And I haven't done a whole lot with vehicles, but I'm just starting to mess with them more. I think I'm getting more stuff that with really that. allowed me to mess with them in yeah. ways that I think will again just change up the way this game is. You playing. can move through yeah. the world and the way you can play. Yeah. So far, it's a. I think it's a better game than Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for talking to me about this, Mandy. Anytime. And thank you for listening. If you want to follow along with Legendary Adventures, I'm playing through the games in release order. Tears of the Kingdom stuff is just bonus content. It's more casual. I'm playing it right now, and there's stuff that I want to talk about sometimes, so we do. (laughs) But my podcast is continuing as scheduled all the same in between that, and so we're doing Link to the Past, and you can follow along if you subscribe. And otherwise, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you.